0: Awesome, all right, microphone working now, okay, cool. I couldn't even tell earlier, you know, I thought maybe it's not working, but maybe it is. Um, yeah, let me like everybody else has done so far this morning. um, let me give a shout out to all the dads. whoop, whoop, come on for your dad. congratulations on this day. <laughs> this is a day though that is. As it ranks in holidays, it really doesn't get the Father's Day really doesn't get the play uh, that it really should. Um, I saw a video online this week, um, and it was a comedian, okay so I want to just tell you this, it was a comedian, and he was going on this little run, this little run about where Father's Day ranks in holidays in america and he he said it ranked number twenty, you know and so he makes this whole thing he says. Uh, I forget what he said. I think he said like like number thirteen is Arbor Day. <laughs> he, goes, he said. I don't even know what Arbor Day is. He goes. I just know it comes before me. All right. And then he said, he said, and also before me is Columbus Day. And he said Columbus Day is like you come home to your house and somebody's in there with money, <laughs> and you say where do you get that money, and they say it was in your kitchen. I discovered it. Right. <laughs> he said that comes before. Father's Day. I mean, that cracked me up. So I did, I mean, I did a little research. You know where you go for all things true is the internet, right? So I um, went to the internet and yeah, he was, that was a, that was a little comedic little spin. Uh, But we're just like, how do you even rank that? Well, there is rankings out there about how much money, one thing you can track is how much money people spend on these gift-giving holidays, and uh, Father's Day comes in, you know where? About last. Yeah, <laughs> it comes in last. Uh, billions and billions of dollars uh, behind Mother's Day. <laughs> we spend a whole lot more money on mothers than we do our fathers. And I think, yeah, it kind of makes sense, and I don't even think that's a bad thing. I think I kind of like that, actually. Uh, then I also saw a, um, another thing that just kind of goes, oh, yeah, that sounds like Father's Day uh, compared to Mother's Day. It says on, on Mother's Day Sundays, you know, the restaurants at lunch, they're full, right? And then on Father's Day Sundays, fathers are out standing over a hot grill, grilling food for everybody else. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I'm a father of two. I've got a 23-year-old daughter, 21-year-old son, and uh, I've been married to my wife for 27 years. We're, we're happy parents. And um yeah, none of those guys are here with me today. <laughs> it's like, hey, my son—he's—I uh, did get to see him yesterday. Yesterday was a busy day for me, but right in the middle of the day, uh, he drove from Ruston, Louisiana, to the um, Love Field Airport to catch a plane with his his student ministry that he's leading, and uh, they're down in Miami on a mission trip. So celebrate that! But you know, got got to hug him in the airport, and then. Um, the leaders that didn't know who i was it was fun being an ex-student minister to to watch them going who's that bald bearded guy messing with our kids you know Uh, that was that was a fun moment for me yesterday and um my wife she went down to baton rouge to spend time with her father which you know makes total sense and uh yesterday morning i had the opportunity to talk to my daughter who's in Ruston, Louisiana, about four hours away. And in our conversation, she was like, you know, she basically said, you know, she's got a a free weekend. And I was like, this is in the morning. I said, hey, babe, why don't you come to Dallas and spend time with me? (laughs) And her answer started with two words, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know Nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100, when a sentence starts with no offense, the next phrase is going to be offensive, <laughs> you know? That's, we're just trying to set you up for, hey, no, no offense. But she said, hey, no offense. But if I was going to go somewhere, I would go to Baton Rouge and see mom. <laughs> <laughs> and Mimi and Pop. And I was like, yep, yep. And so she, that was the one out of 10 times where there was no offense taken. I said, you know, I think I'd do the same thing. If I was you. So that's just, uh, that's the situation. That's where we are Father's Day, but I think it's great to, you know, just kind of laugh at all these things that we do anyway holiday-wise, but because, uh, you know, the minimization of, you know, Father's Day over Mother's Day, whatever, man, it's just all funny to me. Uh, but one thing that's not funny to me is when we minimize the role of fathers, right? Because I think, I and mean, it's a serious, serious problem in our country, in our world, where we minimize the role of of dads in our kids' lives, and I think a lot of problems in our world is a result of that. So that is absolutely not funny. And I think also, more so than that even, is I think a lot of problems in our world come from not realizing and understanding God as our Father, you know? Because, you know, we're here to encourage dads this morning. We said it multiple times, and Everybody that is a dad or had a dad or have a dad, you know, you realize, I mean, we mess that up all the time, dads do, but we do have it as it was spoken already this morning. We have, we have a perfect father and I think the world gets better, our lives get better if we see God as father correctly for who he is and in turn, we see ourselves as his children and in turn, we then live our lives out of that. That's where everything changes. You know, there's a a quote by this guy named A.W. Tozer. A lot of you know who he is. And here it is on the screen. It says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That's incredible. What we think about, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And the first thing that we should think about when we think about God is we should think about Him as Father. So let's do that this morning, but before we jump into the Scriptures, and this is a little bit different this morning. We typically just are methodically running through Scripture this morning. We'll be all over the place a little bit. All the, you know Most of the verses will be on your screen, so have no fear. Um, but I want us to stop and pause again, and let, let, let's pray for a second. Heavenly Father, we love you. And I'm thankful, Lord, for me personally and for everyone in here who can, when they call you Father, can authentically do so. Open the eyes of our hearts this morning, Lord. May we see you, may we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want to say, because I don't want to be, um, as we know, that God wants us to know him as Father. He wants us to know Him as Father. One thing I want to be real clear about is that we are not the world. We are not all God's children. I hear that too many times where, you know, where somebody will say, oh, you know, we're all God's children, right? No, we're not all God's children the world. Every single person that walks the face of this earth, they're all God's creation. Each and every one of us created in the image of God. But we are not all His children. Consider uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, But to all those who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. So, as we keep moving through the implications of God as father, as we keep moving through the implications of us as children, really the first question you have to ask is, is, are you a child of God? Have you believed in his name? Have you received him? As the one, the only one, that could take the penalty for our sins, he did so on the cross. Have you received him? Have you believed in him? And if so, then keep tracking with me this morning. And we'll talk more about God as Father and us, you as his child. But if that's not you, it's something to be uh, considered more than anything else this morning. And if you are a child of God, you know it. And you know it because the Spirit of God helps you know it. Romans eight sixteen says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The children of God have the Spirit of God. We are led by the Spirit of God. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We walk in the Spirit of God. Galatians 4, 6 through 7. It says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. You see, before we are sons of God or before we are children of God, we are a slave to sin. We are a slave to this world. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that Satan is the lowercase g, God of this world, right? So we are slaves. Slaves to sin, slaves to the world, slaves to Satan before we are children of God. But then because we are God's children, because we are sons, then guess what we get to do? We get to cry out, Abba, Father. And Abba is, is the Aramaic version of Father, but it, has a, it gives us more context, right? It gives us, you know, when we talk about Father, I don't know how, how many of us use Father. Father, is good to see you this morning. Good morning, Father, which is fine. Uh, but Father, Abba, rather, is more like a, it's a more intimate term. So it's like dad, you know, it's something like, hey, because God cares about relationship with us. And so we have, yes, God is Father and should uh, should require all, 100% of our respect. But he's also Dad for those of us who know him because God doesn't want to be distant. He wants to have an intimate, walking, knowing relationship with him. So, man, I tell you, when we become his children and the Spirit confirms in us that we're his children and the Spirit's within us, we get the opportunity to go, Dad, Father, Abba, Father. What an incredible thing that is. God wants us to know Him as Father. And we could preach an entire sermon series on that. But this morning, just real quickly, want to go back to, I just want to refer back to a passage that we, um, we studied weeks and weeks ago uh, as we've been methodically going through the book of Luke, um, look it up later. I think most of you know it or have heard of it, at least. We're thinking about that story of what we call uh, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, you remember the, uh, just the overarching storyline is, you know, you have the younger son who says, I want the inheritance now. Um, the father gives him, all the, he gives him his inheritance, and he runs out, and he squanders it and has a very, very bad life as a result, and then comes back and says, Hey, can I just be your servant? That's what he does. But then here's the thing. I just want to point to one verse. That's Luke chapter 15, um, verses 11 through 32 is where we find that parable. But here, verse 20. I just want to point out one verse. Verse 20. This is when the the son who squandered everything took all the money, realized you are living with pigs, like legitimately, and then comes on back. And then as he is coming back, where it says as he arose and came to his father. Here's the son coming back hear this, but while he was still a long way off, the father, he saw him. He felt compassion and he ran to him and he embraced him. That's Luke 15 verse 20. Again, again, like I said, we could go on for so long about all the qualities of a father in, in God himself, but just out of that one verse, he sees us. When we come to him, he sees us. And there are plenty of days where I know that myself, you you just kind of feel like you're all alone. You know how it is where you can feel like you're alone, even though you're in a crowded room. Nobody knows what you're going through. Our father, he sees us. And like we read there in Luke 15, he feels compassion for us. Because when we really mess things up in this world, it's too easy just to go to shame You know, we just kick our own rear ends and go, God, just must be just really ticked at me right now. He feels compassion. He sees us. He feels compassion. And then what does he do? He pursues us. Never lets us go. Even when we're pursuing the world, we're caught up in sin, he pursues us. And then what does he do next? He embraces us. You know, when we're in the midst of anything like, you know, depression, anxiety, just stress, um, you know, just the dealing with this world, and whoo boy, it just get, seems to get worse and worse for me um, overall, uh, not me personally necessarily, but I see the world just, you know, on a downward spiral, and sometimes that could just be a little uh, disheartening, you know, discouraging, but God our Father, what does He do? He sees us, He pursues us, because He has compassion on us, and He embraces us. And he wants us to see him as that. He wants us to see him as father and to know what that really means. And once again, we all, you know, we've got versions of fathers in our minds, uh, you know, our own earthly fathers, whether they were with you for a long time or whether they, uh, they died when you were young or, you know, your parents got divorced, you never saw them again. We have all these things. But God, our father, sees, he has compassion, he constantly pursues and he embraces. So may we see him rightly this morning as father. And after we see him as that, next thing God wants us to do, God wants us to know ourselves as his children. You see, we need to see God rightly, and then we need to see ourselves rightly. That would be step two. Romans 8, Verses 14 through 15. Sounds a lot like the verses we just read in Galatians 4, but let's read it. Romans 8, 14 and 15 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, there it is, led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons of By whom we cry, there it is again, Abba, Father. So the difference right there is we see a difference in the relationship from what we saw in Galatians. It's it's not different. It's just an added layer. It's not just that we're we're children of God. We are adopted as his children. That's why it's so perfect today that we got to dedicate Lord Grace adopted into the Martin family. And see, when you get adopted, you see, I mean, Cliff, Haley, y'all tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that when you had the opportunity to adopt Lord Grace, you didn't like put her on like on a little 90-day trial, see how she sleeps through the night first, <laughs> nothing like that. She didn't have like a little trial period. No, you just adopted her, right? That's it. You see, when we're adopted, adoption is something that we receive. We don't achieve it. You know, there's, I think some of us, we're used to jobs. We're like, hey, you're going to have this internship or this job or whatever, but we're going to do it on a 30-day or a 90-day trial period. We're going to see if it works out. If it works out for you, it works out for us, and, and we'll see if we're going to enter into a formal relationship of, you know, as an employee. But That's not how God works with us as he is our father and we are his child. Again, it's not something we achieve. It's something that we receive. We are adopted. And being a child of God, as we see ourselves as his children— it, it has its privileges. Understanding God as Father, um, for me, um, as you think about the privileges that we have as his children, yeah, I'm thankful. I've been blessed to have two kids. And um, having those kids, it helps me to see more clearly how God sees us, in, at least in moments, you know? Um, one thing I'll never forget... Um, when my firstborn, Caroline, my daughter, was born, holding her, I mean, it's just—I never—it's a feeling like I will never, I just never get it back. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, you don't know the capacity of your love until that moment. Never, ever, ever forget it. The other thing we have as—it's not only that unconditional love that we have from our father; we also have access that other people don't have. You know, that's really drawn out well for us in the book of Hebrews, and I wish we had time to go into it. But we have access to the Father because we are His children that other people that are not His children, they just don't have. You know, going back to my daughter, um, there was years ago, one of the moments that I still just really look back and go, man, that was wild and super awesome, is um, we drove from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to the Woodlands, right north of Houston, um, <laughs> to see a One Direction concert, and um, yeah, and um, it was it was fun. It was uh, felt a little weird being out there with all the teenage girls and their mamas, but I was out there, um, and it was awesome. It took a lot of time, and but I tell you, if you came up to me and go, "Hey, would you take my kid to a One Direction concert?" I'd be like, mm, "Yeah, I got I got stuff to do." Right? You know, you don't have the same access you know, that our own children have. Other people's kids don't have the same sort of access uh, that our own children have. So it's that unconditional love. It's that access. and And also, you know, what we get when we are God's children is we get his grace that we would not get, do not get if we're not his children. You know, over and over and over again, I think about how much I've extended grace to my own kids, and man, I could just think of story after story. But I just remember, I don't know, a few years ago, I had to, I had to do a medical test, and I did went into the hospital, and they gave me our doctor's office of some sort, and they gave me some scan, and they came back out, and they said, Hey, you got a spot on your lung. We don't know what that is. Like, ooh, that sounds bad. Um, and then uh, they said, We'll we'll get back to you on it or whatever. And then they said hey, it looks like you have a cracked rib, and we think your rib got cracked sometime, and it kind of bruised your your lung, and I was like, okay, wow, when did that happen, and then I told my son, and he goes, yes, that was me, remember that, you know, when we were, I went, yes, actually, I do, I had forgotten that, you know, sometime before, we were play fighting, and that dude just hauled up and hit me in the ribs, and I felt it for two weeks, you know, he was pumped about that, you know, hey. It was a good bonding moment for us, right? And he, um, but if your kid hit me in the rib like that, I don't know that I feel the same. Like, hey, that that wasn't all that awesome, you see? And so we get the access, we get the grace, we get the unconditional love, and that's what we have to recognize as us, as yourself, as a child of God. God is our father. We, know some, we just touched on some of his qualities this morning. And again, we could go off on, again, for weeks, just talking about what does it mean to be a child of God. But just this morning, we just don't have enough time. So, but those are just some of the things that we get as we understand ourselves as children of God. So God wants to know him as father. He wants to know ourselves as his children. And lastly this morning, I'll say God as father wants us to imitate him. As father, God wants us to imitate him. And if you have children, especially if they're still in the house, it's, oh, it's harder with adult children. That's, by the way, for those of you who have little kids, I read a stat this week that um, it's on the Internet, so you know it's true, right? It's, um, but it felt true, and it just kind of hit me. As, again, my kids are adults. They said, of all the time you spend with your kids is before the age of 12. And then by the time they hit 18, you've spent 90% of all the time you're going to spend with them. Because then they go, they go to college, and then they get jobs and their own families, and they do their own thing. I thought, you know what? That feels true. So man, gosh, if I had a magic wand, I'd go back and do it all over again. I'd try to be better. I'd try to be a better dad, but I'd do it all over again. So if you have little kids... uh, Man, savor it because it goes, it goes, it goes. And parents of older kids like myself, we all know it. And it's like we can't say it enough. But I remember when my kids were little, it was like, yeah, I, I keep hearing that, you know? And what do they say um, about parenting is like the, uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Oh, it's so, so very true. But if you have children, then kind of approve of them, love them unconditionally, let them know that nothing changes that. And yes, we continually discipline our children as we should as moms and dads. Yet make sure that when we do that, that, that we are encouraging them to obey and to work from your approval, not for your approval. That's two totally different things. And every parent messes that up sometimes, you know? If I could go back and do it all over again, I would even echo even louder. You know, when we're dealing with discipline issues or whatever. I want them to know, man, I just love you so much. I love you so much that I can't let you keep doing this thing, you know? Got to help. I got to help you here as opposed to, you know, the other way around. So make sure that they understand that they are working and seeking to obey from your approval, not for your approval. Um, And then have compassion on your children. Man, this is a tricky world, you know? Um, Man, I think it's trickier for my kids than it is for me. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, young people are going through a lot of things where, you know, I wish that they had more time, more, more, more wisdom, you know, more, uh, more history under their belts to absorb the stuff that the world throws at them. It's, it's tricky days. So let me just encourage you as, as parents, if you are one, just have compassion on your children because they're trying to figure it out, you know especially if they're young. You know, what, is it, so what do we read in Proverbs that folly is bound up in the heart of a child? Don't, don't forget that. It's not like they tried to do that. God said that's what they are, you know? And so we get the blessing of being parents, but let, let, me, let, let me shift off of being a biological parent or an adoptive parent for a second. One thing I want all of us to recognize too is we seek to understand God for who he is as father, who we are as his children, and if we seek to imitate God we all have the opportunity, for those who are his children, who get those first two points, right? We all have the opportunity uh, to become a spiritual parent to someone. That's what we call discipleship. You know, that's, um, again, I wish I could go over and over. so much stuff I wish we could get to. Um, I just refer to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, where Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, to Timothy, my children true child in the faith and that's not necessarily an age thing that you can do that but if you are further along in your spiritual walk than anybody else and this applies to the children that are in here the students and the adults you can become a spiritual parent to somebody else and so on this father's day as we think about it um, i think it's good for all of us to consider if we are being a spiritual parent like paul was to timothy who is that in your life? Who are those people? And you know, my dad, um, my earthly father died when I was young. Um, And I remember there's a, I just point to, man, super blessed by having guys older than me and um, further along in the faith. Um, And I can list a handful of them. Uh, Just a list two. One, because it started so weird for me, (laughs) is um, when I was doing student ministry, um, one of the kids that I was leading, his, his dad uh, comes up to me on a Wednesday night after we did our student ministry thing, and, and he looks at me in the eye. His name is Charlie. And Charlie looks at me in the eye and says, hey, I'm going to be a father to you. He says it just like that. <laughs> in my, my mid-20s, I'm like, what you, to, what you talking about, Willis? He's <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm going to be a father to you. And I was like, man, all right. <laughs> What, what are we going to do with that, you know? And uh, he said, I just want to meet with you weekly. After we finish up student ministry on Wednesday nights, I just want to go, let's go sit across a table together. Let me, let's just spend an hour or so together. And we did that. And I am um, forever grateful to that man. Um, and then he developed um, this unforeseen early kidney cancer, and I ended up uh, speaking at his funeral. Um, it was good times. Um, another guy became a spiritual father to me uh, in my life, who um, I'm forever grateful as my own father-in-law. Yeah, there's been so many conversations. I've been married to my wife 27 years. And over a bunch of years, um, there's been plenty of times when, you know, he's looked me in the eye and told me some things that maybe I like to hear and some things I didn't like to hear. And he's also told me plenty of times, he says, you're like a son to me. And then he changed and goes, you are son to me, you know, forever grateful for that. And I tell you that, <laughs> that didn't start well either. Let me tell you <laughs> that it was, remember, um, five days after I, um, went to him and did the thing before I was going to propose to him, my wife, his daughter, I said, you know, we got this whole, you know, blessing thing done, you know, check that box is right thing to do. And my wife and I were going with another couple down to a concert in New Orleans and, um, You know, like the, uh, I guess like the father in Luke 15, you know, giving the best garments or whatever. He said, hey, take my best car. He let us drive his Cadillac down to New Orleans, you know. Got a great parking spot, parallel parked outside the House of Blues. And once that concert was over, boy, I pulled right out and got hit by a taxi cab. Five days after asking him if I could marry his daughter. So that's how, that's how we started that. And, um, yeah, that wasn't fun. And, uh, but anyway, didn't change, didn't change anything, you know. He's been... Um, a father to me in more ways than one. We all have the opportunity to do that. You know, I told you, um, I had a busy day yesterday. Um, I was blessed uh, to see my son right in the middle of the day at the airport. And and yesterday afternoon, I had the opportunity to go to a birthday party for a (laughs) one-year-old. And, um, you know, why am I at a one-year-old's birthday party? Well, it's because the mom, um, I knew her when she was a toddler. We were, you know, I was doing ministerial work at a little church where she was at, and she was, I don't know, three-ish years old, and the story that her mother likes to say, we're close friend, family friends with all of her family, and I remember it, you know, I'm just playing with toddlers like I do sometimes here when I get the chance, and this little girl had little sharp fingernails, could have been like George or somebody, you know, but this little girl, but she just playing, we're just playing, and she raked my face, to where it wasn't like a scratch. I mean, there was legitimate, I got to have a paper towel, I am bleeding. I mean, drops of blood are hitting the floor, you know? Um, we started there, and then um, we stayed in, stayed in this young lady's life and her family, and uh, she's around 12 and a baptized her. Um, and then, you know, she got engaged and married and worked with she and her husband, and um, now she's in her mid-20s somewhere and has a one-year-old and invited me to the birthday party, you know? God, I can't tell you how good that made me feel yesterday. Just standing around with other other people talking about stories and thinking, you know, that's, that's there's nothing, I just don't know, man. When you wake up and you just wonder what your purpose is, why you get up and do stuff every day, um, just thankful that the Lord gave me that that blessing yesterday, um, just, to, just to feel that, you know. Because um, life is so much better, you know, when we have purpose to our days and you feel that and... I mean, my day was busy, so I finished off the day watching LSU, you know, win their first, uh, first winning game one of their College World Series, uh, you know, endeavor last night. I don't know how many Texas schools are in that. I'm not sure, but LSU's in there. Um, <laughs> but so much better than that feeling of, you know, my best team winning. Um, is that feeling of just, it's just purpose. You just know what you're doing, you know? And I think if you wonder, hey, why do I wake up? Why do I do what I do? I think one easy question you could ask yourself is, am I being a spiritual parent to anybody? And if not, go after that, you know? When we put slides up here on the screen asking for help, man, and, you know, and with working with our kids, yeah, we need help, (laughs) you know, we really do. Uh, We need people, but it's not just to fill a spot. I mean, really, just the story that I just told you, man. I mean, the first time I met that girl, she's three years old, you know? You just don't have a clue what God's gonna do. Um, it's just so much better. Life is. When we know him as Father, know who we are as his children, and know what he wants us to do. Um, you know, going back to yesterday, excuse me. Going back to yesterday, my morning started with, um, <laughs> I had to go get fingerprinted, and that's not because I got arrested, okay? It's, um, it's just a licensing thing I had to do. But I had to do this FBI fingerprinting thing. And so I had to go down to mid-cities and make an appointment and go in there and do all this stuff. And I, and I met a guy, my, my technician, I guess you'd call him. His name is Travis. And let me tell you about Travis. Travis, um, super nice guy, a little bit older than me. And he said, um, you know, he's, we're walking through all the stuff and how I got to wash my hands, do all the fingerprints. He goes, hey, do you have any kids? I said, yeah, I got two. He said, well, happy Father's Day. I went, okay, thank you. All right. And we you know we keep on rolling. And, um, you know, I said, hey, you got any kids? And he goes, I don't have any biological kids. He said, but um, when I was younger, he goes, I'll end up fostering eight kids. And I said, well, happy Father's Day to you, you know. And he said, thank you. And I kind of got into his story a little bit and, you know, why he didn't adopt and all this. I mean, you know, we got in, we just got to talking. And this guy then goes on to say, um, you know what he starts to do? He sees the opportunity. You know what he starts to do? He starts to witness to me. Yeah, yeah. He said, well, let me tell you why, why I fostered all those kids. And he started to tell me about the Lord. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to let him roll for just a little bit. You know, I'm like, tell me more, you know. And uh, he went on to say that, you know, after, you know, the, the last child that they were fostering left, he and his wife moved from Missouri. Long story about how God led them down to this area. And uh, he actually started, uh, he was pastoring a little church before covid and COVID kind of uh, was the end of that little church, and and so now he's I don't know if what else he's doing. He yeah, he told me he's working for uh, a couple of nonprofit outreach ministries, um, and he's he's a fingerprint guy, you know. And he said this to me. He said um, he said but there's a room across the hall, you know. And this the office was about the size of the stage. I mean not even that big. And he said there's another room right across the hall that that my wife and I we also rent out. Oh like, yeah, And I said what's in that room? He said, it's just set up for a counseling room. He said, um, every person that walks in here that I you know, do the fingerprints, I see, them, I see those people as my opportunity to build into them. And sometimes that results in people coming back just needing to talk. So we don't do it in here. We do it in the room across the hall, and that's why we rent that room. Blew me away. I said, what a great example. Travis. I say, hey, Travis, yeah, I'm also, I'm, I'm a pastor. And he goes, oh, okay. So, you know, because you know, I, just, I just kept baiting him. I'm like, tell me more, man. I don't quite understand. You know, it was, we, had a, we, had a, we had a fun, fun moment, you know. And um, that's what it looks like for him to understand God as Father. That's what it looks like for him, for him to understand himself as a child of God. And that's what it looks like for him uh, to live out of that. And so you just got to imagine, what would that look like for you? How would your life be different if, we re- if you really saw him for who he is, for how he has revealed himself to us and that you really saw yourself rightly in that reflection and we lived our lives out of that. That's what we got to think about. And to that end, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your character. Thank you for everything that you have done, are doing, and will do in our lives. You deserve all worship, all praise. My prayer, our prayer is that maybe today, Lord, that uh, somebody listening to this, uh, they give their life to you today, and they would become your child as you have revealed yourself as, as Father this morning can't thank you enough. We love you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.